Hello, I'm Graham. And I'm Chris. And we're two Pet Shop Boys fans from West Yorkshire in the north of England. In Pet Shop Boys geography terms, that's about 60 miles east of Blackpool and 100 miles south of Newcastle. And this is the sixth and final episode of Pet Shop Boys In Depth, a podcast for Pet Shop Boys fans all over the world. These recordings have been something of an experiment, so thank you to all of those that have chosen to come with us on this journey. Was it worth it? Well, that's for you to decide, but we've certainly had fun making them. And if you're asking, what have we done to deserve this, or how can you expect to be taken seriously? Well, we get that too. But here's one last outing before we decide to step aside and vanish, no one will know where, into thin air. United by a shared love of one band, can two strangers who have never presented anything before spin one pub chat out into something remotely listenable? There's only one way to find out. So Chris... I think we both agreed that one of the main reasons we love Pet Shop Boys is because of Neil's lyrics. Yep. So I thought we should dedicate one of our podcasts to the lyrics. So we've both done a little bit of homework to identify some of the popular themes. I've done my prep. (laughs) Uh, And maybe think about how some of those songs fit into those categories. Yep, that's right. Uh, Tenants tropes. There's definitely lots to go at. I'm, I'm already to go. I think Neil's lyrics can be quite difficult to decipher. I often think that his songs are about something that isn't particularly mm. explicit in the lyrics. He kind of likes all these writing techniques around metaphors and hyperbole and misdirection. But And I think he quite often merges different themes into one song. Yeah, I get that. I think often he writes about very specific things, but he presents them in a way that gives up maybe a more universal truth and says something about the human condition as a result. So, Spoiler alert, domino dancing isn't (laughs) just about the dance that their friend used to do when they won at dominoes. Fugitive and Together aren't necessarily just simple love songs. There's always something maybe deeper going on as well. You can definitely see patterns in the songwriting. So our first group of songs that we've identified is Neil's great eye for people watching. And perhaps in particular, this kind of idea of observing egotists. So this is trope one. It's definitely a subject that Neil returns to again and again. There's something about show-offs, about egotists, which clearly intrigues Neil because he's often mining this for his lyrics. I think it probably first raised its head in in Shameless, the B-side for Go West lyrics. We're shameless, we'll do anything to get our 15 minutes of fame. I mean, this is back in 1993, so when celebrity culture wasn't nearly as prevalent as it is now. This idea that you could become famous without having any discernible talent was obviously something that was quite new around 1993. Well, it's not new now and it's firmly ingrained, isn't it? So, yes, I I agree. This is Neil talking about uh, observing egotists. Also, obviously, ego music. It's all about me, 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 me. And this is, a you know, Neil's making this observation back in um, 2012 on Elysium, pop stars writing about themselves. Well, they're still doing it. It's very, you know, if you were to uh, have a quick flick through the um, current top 40, I bet you bottom dollar that the vast, vast majority of song content will be people writing about themselves. And I, I bet uh, the word I is the <laughs> mo- most used. As Pet Shop Boys songs go, ego music it's uh, it's probably one of the nastier ones really it's quite a biting satire i'm thinking particularly about the uh, i am my own demographic <laughs> lyric apparently all of his lyrics were were in this song were inspired by things that different 
pop stars has said in interviews but uh, you know that is particularly um, cutting I would say you wouldn't want to be the one that had said that in an interview and then you uh, you heard that line in one of these songs and think actually I think I might have said that I think it's you know this idea of, of those lyrics though and actually really digging down into them they really do reveal what these sort of songs are about flamboyant and you know you're so flamboyant the way you look it gets so much attention they are quite scathing words really aren't they I'm not so sure really in terms of flamboyant I think there's something that's quite celebratory there you know I think there's definitely admiration in in Neil's lyrics he's admiring of the effort that that's put in by this individual how they sustain how they look and act throughout their their life you know this isn't an act this, this person's serious about what they do just crossing the street well it's almost heroic groovy could even be the same person as flamboyant it's definitely another example of, of neil observing egotists so i'm going to go out and live beyond the dream look at me i'm just so groovy and i was thinking another one is fluorescent from yeah. electric again a, a slightly different take identifying that this person is charismatic is beautiful commands the room you walk in and light up the room but then will they burn out you know what's beyond this brighter and brighter and brighter you burn fluorescent incandescent you know there's there's more at work here neil identifies these characters so well and 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 kind of creates perfectly formed versions of them in a a kind of three or four minute pop song and i kind of love this just this parade of compelling characters Mm -hmm. that he's that he's kind of introduced us to over the years people like the boy who couldn't keep his clothes on his shirt falls to the floor he's taking off some more the crowd all love the show how far will he go you know it's you just in four lines have the picture of who that character is and and their background and if you look at electricity which i know is around performance artists or drag queens so on this idea of you know i'm an artist honey you'll see me sometimes making crazy pictures out of music and rhymes they're great lyrics, they're great words, and they just conjure this environment as well that these people are habiting. Yeah, I think you're right. I like this idea of compelling characters, so maybe we're moving slightly away from observing egotists, but even on the last album, Hotspot, we had uh, Willow the Wisp, so this yeah. handsome man from Neil's past that is spotted on the, the U-Bahn in, in um, Berlin. You were always such a free spirit, a bright-eyed, eager chap. And also same album hotspot you've got monkey business where i guess rather than just observing them this time neil adopts the role writes in the person of this businessman that approached them outside the hotel in texas while they were on tour he was the the guy who was uh, looking for business (laughs) looking for monkey business just just playing around (laughs) you know beyond that you've got the lots of songs where neil writes about compelling people people that have you know, a certain je ne sais quoi, as, um, as in the song of the same name, or a face like that, so someone so captivatingly good-looking that they could earn a fortune or land you on the moon, or undertow where someone's so charismatic that they drag you under the spell, or miracles where just being in a person's presence make, makes roses bloom and birds start to sing. I mean, they're just they're there, aren't they? And you wonder how many characters there are that we're yet to hear about, or for the next person that that they bump into, whether <laughs> whether you find the way into the into yeah. the, one of the songs. Yeah, dread to think. So thinking about a second trope, uh, another group that Neil does seem to write a lot about is is young people and and youth culture. I think the thing that I like here is that in Neil's world, young people are mostly always living their best life. It's quite unusual because you know, usually when you see young people portrayed in the media, it, it's quite negative. Older people resent young people, 
they kind of completely forget that they were that they were once young. Yeah, I think you're right. Neil usually takes more of a sympathetic tone, doesn't yeah. he? And and quite often has some words of advice to share as well. Young people are probably one of the most affected age groups from the pandemic. Missed two vital years of their development, you know, and they need support and they need us to sort of celebrate their potential. And I guess it started on disco with Paninaro, uh-huh. you know, passion, love, sex, money, violence, religion, injustice, and death. Girls, boys, arts, pleasure—those are all the things that we enjoyed when we were younger, and <laughs> a few of them we still get to enjoy when we're a little bit older. <laughs> I mean, it might be specifically about a group of young people in Milan, but is this the greatest celebration? Is Paninara the greatest celebration of of youth culture? It certainly must be up there. We've also got Sexy Northerner, came down from the north. You know what they do, got a cheeky smile. I must admit that I think that song always comes on into my head when, when that train's pulling into King's Cross. Are you on it? Are you, uh, are you the Sexy uh, Northerner? Well, absolutely, because I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then a group that I wish I was, but I would, I'm so far removed from is, is, is in Bright Young Things, this idea of in Berkeley Square, the bright young things are flying on chemical wings, intent on their one last fling. That sounds like a great party. I think I could, <laughs> uh, I could manage to to get up on that. Yeah, and young offenders are one that that stood out to me as well, um, where Neil's clearly studying his subject to this younger person with, with some admiration. Uh, he's got is that fire in your eyes or the glow of machines? Watch how your fingers burn over the keys. So show what you do. I haven't a clue. And then I love the line: "You're younger than me." Well. <laughs> Obviously, you know, and there's clearly the possibility of a relationship there in the song. So it's very, um, as you say, it's not often that Neil's sniffy um, about what young people are up to. He's um, he's putting another perspective across. Yeah, I mean, I know it's it's difficult as a heritage actor engage with with young people, but you know, I still think that Neil's got quite a lot to offer younger acts, certainly in terms of songwriting, having. Teenage girls, I've starting to grow to love Harry Styles and, and, oh, yes. and all his various albums. But whilst the production on there is is fantastic, I'd say that lyrically they are a little bit subpar. And and I'm conscious that Harry Styles is 29, but there's a lot of list-based songs on there. And I think that with a little bit of extra songwriting and a kind of bit of PSB magic, you know, I, I think that would be kind of quite an interesting. Uh, collaboration yeah we have harry styles in our house as well and uh, i guess there's definitely worse options out there and i i agree i'd love to hear a uh, harry styles pet shop collaboration that'd be fantastic i agree neil writes great lyrics for young people and words i think that can help people get through tough times so i'm thinking of songs like here from release so you know we all make a mess of our lives from time to time it's part of the process that you stumble as you climb and if you ever feel the pain is far too big a deal. I'll say with pride, I'll be on your side. You've got a home here. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, listening, I will listen to your hopes. I will listen to your dreams. Shades of rent there, isn't there? Hopes <laughs> and dreams. Anything you want to be, I will help you to achieve all the way. And please believe. I want to see you smile again. Just talk. I'm listening. You know, breathing space as well. So when your heart is out of luck and you're feeling left behind, seems the fates aren't always on your side and the fog has left you blind. When the pressure's pulling different ways, find you longing for some empty days. I stop for some breathing space. There's so many songs in the canon where it, you know, it feels like Neil's reaching out to try and help. Yeah, definitely. And I think we can all take sort of solace from 
from some of those words. Maybe we should have them sort of uh, stenciled onto our kitchen walls or something like that. Oh, I'd like that. An on sale in next. <laughs> so as a, a next trope, I've become fascinated by Neil writing about crime and in particular people committing it. Yeah, well, it's definitely um, a theme he returns to, isn't it? And I always feel that he like writes about crime as if he's kind of sitting in his club, reading the Telegraph, in a kind of Windsor chair. See the, see the ruffians are up to no good again. I mean, I'm comfortable with that kind of disconnect. I mean, a man could get arrested, reads like a newspaper article, doesn't it? Late on Tuesday evening, such a commotion in the street, someone broke a window and someone's head got beat. And you can almost imagine Neil egging them on from a distance. Going, do it, do it, do it now, do it. <laughs> uh, well, I think there's, there's definitely a background of unrest there in the, in the song, isn't there? the um, wave of breaking bottles etc <laughs> apparently it's it's a song about sexual frustration so it's about a guy who can't get his girlfriend to go to bed with him you know he's so frustrated that a man could get <laughs> arrested what what are, what else have we, have we uh, found in terms of um, crime well there's violence so there's where we, we sort of talk about woman you'll never understand what I did I did in self-defense with violence uh, and of course London gives us that much due song theme of credit card fraud. Well, I've not heard Harry Styles sing about credit card fraud. <laughs> uh, we've got The Resurrectionist. You know, there's, again, he's not writing too many songs about body snatchers in Victorian England. We've all got to earn ourselves a living. All it takes is a little bit of digging, which that, again is a great line. Well, that's a fantastic song. That's definitely one for the, <laughs> to hear live, I think. So any other tropes that you've identified? Um, so what about escaping yeah. or, or running away? So... You know, again, this crops up again and again. So Neil often writes lyrics about escaping for a, a better life or to some kind of, of utopia. The most obvious example of that is probably Go West, which obviously famously wasn't written by Neil, but uh, does seem to fit into the uh, yeah. lyrical style, if you like. So Go West, life is peaceful there. Go West in the open air. Go West where the skies are blue. Go West, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, I agree. And somewhere is a, is almost a carbon copy of the same sentiment, isn't it? So somewhere there's a place for us, peace and quiet and open air, wait for us somewhere. Yeah, it probably gives us an idea of some of the criteria that they choose when choosing cover versions is that sure. it's actually, well, is it musically right, but, but do those lyrical themes match Pet Shop Boys themes as well? I, I always find it fascinating with Neil's lyrics that he advertises this opportunity if you like you know we could you know there is this utopia we could go here but he never really seems to follow through with going to it he, he uh -huh. kind of almost whether he lets somebody go on their own or he, he, he just sort of teases it as a, somewhere that would be would be great yes I mean, he, he never has done this kind of running away bit has he that no, he's, he never he's almost he's threatened to so many times <laughs> but i guess that's why they're, they're still here that's sort true. of 40 years later yeah. even in New York City boy, there's there's no suggestion that, that Neil's going to go there. Home is a boot camp, you've got to escape. Wanderer in the ticker tape, so young, so going to New York City. They, you know, He's sending somebody else into there, but he's he's not going. I guess and that's also the same in, in Dreamland. This, I heard there's a Dreamland in another world far away. They say it's a free land and welcome everyone to stay. He's sending people away, but, but not going himself. And there's definitely um, themes of escape running through the B-side in his imagination. In his imagination, he's flying high. His thoughts are wings taking him up into the sky. I think this is, this um, it's got the youth trope 
there as well as the running away trope. So this is someone uh, who's young and talented and through their ideas, um, creativity can escape the shackles of their everyday lives. I mean, in terms of running away, it, it wouldn't be one of our podcasts if we didn't mention Two Divided by Zero, the first two lines of the the first album, uh, Let's Not Go Home, We'll Catch the Late Train. That, that's all of that really, isn't it? In, in, and you've, in got tra- you've got transporters there as, uh, as well. Absolutely. Also got London. There's a lot of talking about how Neil escapes from the place where he is, mm. whereas in London, it's actually people escaping to London. So, you know, we came from the far north, summered in Crimea, deserted the armed forces, had to disappear. So it's about people coming to where he is, which is kind of a little bit unusual. And I guess another one is uh, Into Thin Air from Super. Uh, so we'll leave all this behind us, we'll vanish, no one will know where, Into Thin Air. You know, that's definitely uh, a, a threat to give it all up and run away, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. And uh, we're jumping around the timeline of, of, of songs, but I guess in A New Life, the night goes by leaving you behind me as I fly, then rise the daylight sky. How do you get to heaven if you never try? There, there, there are all these themes that are running through. You can add one from uh, Lost as well. So I will fall. I will fall into your arms and into the future. Come away with me. You know, it's slightly different take, but it's still this notion of buggering off. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got there? From two divided by zero to I will fall. It's this, you know, Neil's exploring the same lyrical idea again and again over the best part of, of, of 40 years. And, and I think these must be themes which resonate with us as fans which is why we um you know we're keen to to see what else he has to say on the same subject because he's always got a new and interesting take uh, you know there must be something about the something romantic about some of these themes that, that speak to all of us as well okay so i have got a quick quiz for you okay i do so like a quiz i've been doing some research mm-hmm. and finding out how many times words appear in Pet Shop Boy songs. So to give you an example, mm-hmm. if we went with the word old versus the word young, right? how many songs contain the word old and how many songs contain the word young? So which one do you think? Do you think old is the most popular word or young is the most popular word? Oh, okay, word? so this is Neil's favourite words. Yeah. Right. Well, given we've just spent five minutes talking up uh, how often Neil writes about young people, um, if this is... Uh, old v young I'll go young well you'd be wrong oh, so oh, right. old appears in 41 songs and young appears in 14 songs oh okay so I've got four here for you to, uh, to right. test you on yes Another I'm, four. I'm still surprised about um, old v young okay <laughs> go for it uh, and then you can have a bonus point yes if you uh, can name a song that contains that word well I've in in uh, for your young song, I've got Say Vida A for um, Life is Much More Simple When You're Young. So I'll, you I'll, I'll have a bonus point well, for the one i if you said that, you're a fan, I've got a prop and I've got a bell. A bell so, for every right answer. So for every answer, right okay. answer, you can have a bell. Uh, excellent. So no okay. expense spent today. <laughs> so first one is day versus night. Okay. Um, so to be clear, for is domino dancing four days every chorus or does that just count no you just count domino dancing would count as one right well dave versus night i'll go for night because night is definitely a classic uh tenant trope particularly all those early songs set in in the night right well in the night in the night yeah is there a bell no oh so day (laughs) is 77 
songs. Okay. Night, 74. So they write about days more than they write about nights. I will, t- I mean, technically, words that would contain the word day would be included. So I'm not sure when you write it, when you use the word day, you're writing about the day in the same way that if you use the word night, day isn't really a setting, is it? Anyway. No, well, anyway, I'm wrong. You're, you're, I'm you're wrong. Not, you don't get a belt and, for and that. Do I, do I get my ding for... Um, oh, if you uh, can d- name me d- a song with uh, 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 yes, uh, dom- Domino Dancing. Yeah. Ding. Right, okay. All so, right. love versus hate. Oh, well, that's, you know, it's, it's going to be love. It is love. Love, 136 songs contain the word love. Yes. Whereas there are only eight songs contain the word hate, so... For a bonus point. Uh, love comes quickly. Love life. Love is a bourgeois construct. Yeah. yeah I can, can have re- all of that. Redeeming myself. So, tough one. Plane versus train. Oh, that is good, isn't it? Mm. Versus taxi. Did you count, <laughs> did you count taxis? <laughs> I haven't counted taxis. I haven't counted cars. Uh, what, uh, um, plane versus train. Um... I'm going to go plane. Oh, you're just not giving me any excuses to press this belt. So it's train. <laughs> so plane, five songs. Train, eight songs. So I'll give you a bonus point if you can name a song with uh, training. Uh, oh, with training. Um, oh, two divided by zero. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> Home and dry if it was plane. <laughs> right, well, last one, because... Clearly, I've not got a career as a game show host. Uh, well, so, uh, life versus death. Mm, that's interesting. Um, life. Hooray! Oh, well, it's not all bleak in PSP. No, work. well, absolutely, yeah. 84 songs contain the word life, and there are only seven songs contain the word death. Well, that's, that's good to know. So it's good to know. <laughs> Would you like a bonus point for a song? Uh, life, is, um, life is much more simple. Let's see, say VDA again. I'll have, I'll have that. Thank you. <laughs> love life. Love that again. <laughs> I've run out. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the quiz. It's all right. <laughs> Graham, I think it might be time for another uh, of my fan theories, if you can cope with that. Excellent. Excellent. So I don't know a huge amount of about Shakespeare. Are you were uh, particularly knowledgeable about, about Shakespeare? No, not at all. <laughs> well, the, so there's a theory that Shakespeare's comedies always end with a wedding, and his tragedies always end with a funeral. So you know, if you're watching a, a, one of Shakespeare's plays or reading one of his plays, uh, and you're thinking, "Have I just uh, <laughs> endured a tragedy?" Well, does it end with a funeral? Uh, right. Yes. That's a tragedy. So I'm sure it's not quite as simple as that, but it did get me thinking about... They're going to write in, are these Shakespeare uh, <laughs> people? They're going to... Well, <laughs> OK, hear me out. So I, I started to think how you might apply that notion to Pet Shop Boys albums. And okay. oddly, so many of them finish with one or the other. So either a wedding of sorts or a funeral of sorts. Sometimes lyrically... But if you think metaphorically, I'm going to claim that there's definitely something going on here. And if you expand this notion of a wedding to be any kind of celebration yeah. or, you know, an affirmation of, of hope or life itself, and if funerals are deaths, uh, real and metaphorical, I th- you know, I think it works. Let me let me try and bring it okay, to life. Yeah. So let's uh, go to the dark side first of all. So albums that end with funerals or deaths. 
Let's look at how Elysium ends. It's got the track a Requiem in Denim and Leopard Skin. That's set at an actual funeral. That's a funeral of their friend and um, makeup artist, uh, Lynn Easton. This is our last chance for goodbye. Think of Very, and if you, you know, there's that two minutes of respectful silence, if yeah. you like, after Go West. Um, before you get Postscript, which is definitely about somebody's died there, uh, I know we'll meet again. And then Relentless, there's a death at the end, there's the car crash, uh, one thing leads to another, the starts, the opening lyrics are, they close your eyes. So, the, you know, there's three uh, off the bat there, which are definitely about very specific funerals or deaths. Other songs that talk to the, the same broader theme, you've got Death in King's Cross at the end of Actually, Dead and Wounded on either side. At the, at the end of Yes, you've got Legacy, uh, That's It, The End, even the notion of Legacy. Super, Into Thin Air, Will Vanish, No One Will Know Where, Into Thin Air, yes, disappearing, that could be some type of death. Even the side project, so Battleship Potemkin, uh, For Freedom, it's got let, let Death re Reminders, We Can All Be Strong. Even The Forgotten Child, uh, the fourth track, the final track on Agenda, the child you could take has been a metaphor for uh, maybe even the death of hope. So you can definitely say that funerals and deaths are the subject matter for a large proportion of their um, album closers. Uh, so those are, let's call those then the, the Pet Shop Boys tragedies. And then on the other side of the coin, in terms of weddings and celebrations, again, we've got lots to choose from. So. Let's think of literal weddings. Well, hotspot, you've got wedding in Berlin. Yeah. Finishes with a, a wedding. We're getting married today. The most incredible thing, literally, the track is the wedding. If you think more broadly, please, why don't we live together? Surely that's a wedding of, of, of sorts. It's certainly people um, moving in together. And then more widely, this notion of celebrations, affirmations, a theme that's revisited with It's All Right and the music plays forever. You've got Saturday Night Forever at the end of Bilingual with, the, again, the repeated Forever, Forever. And Electric ends with Vocal, another celebration where they play it all night long. So there's this notion of music playing forever, we're dancing forever, we're on the dance floor forever, it's Saturday Night Forever, they're going to play the music all night long. So at the end of Very, you've got Go West, which repeats together, together. You've got, uh, if you look into their Greatest Hits albums, Pop Art, ends with somewhere which is the same notion this time together with time to spare and then ultimate the final track guess what well that's even called together together will go all the way so you've either got a funeral or a death of some sort or on the other side of the coin you're looking at literal weddings or partnerships or some kind of celebration or affirmation or this notion of being together so my, my theory is that when Pet Shop Boys are looking to wrap up an album, it seems, you know, they've pretty much two options. They've got love, life and hope, or death, escape and rebirth. I mean, that's very, very thorough research. <laughs> and, and actually uh, proves I know nothing about Shakespeare. <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, again, I, I, I don't either, but it does go to show that definitely are those themes that, that close those albums. I guess it would be interesting to know whether that's deliberate, whether that's a conscious decision. I guess they are fairly tentpole moments in life. You celebrate something or you mourn something, so it, it, it does make sense to have those as closers of the album. Mm -hmm. I guess the one album that you haven't mentioned is Behaviour and closing song on there is jealousy and that has 
elements of, of, of the things that you're saying as well. Yeah, I, I mean, some of these things aren't quite as cut and dried, aren't they? And it is only a theory, but I, I would say that Jealousy's got at least one foot in the death camp. You've got that overblown coder at the end and the fight in the video. You've got the fact that the original title was Dead of Night. Uh, and of course, the subject matter is, is jealousy itself, which is a destructive emotion in any relationship. And there's that nagging chorus, that where have you been? Who have you seen? You didn't phone when you said you would. Linking it back to uh, Shakespeare, if you allow me to do so, um, given, you know, there's the use of the Othello quote in the 12 inch uh, extended yeah. version. So, not poppy nor madragora nor all the drowsy syrups of the world shall ever medicine thee to that sweet sleep that which thou oatst yesterday. Othello is a tragedy where um, jealousy is centre stage and it ends with a, a murder and a suicide. So, you know, I'm putting jealousy firmly in the metaphorical funeral pile. I mean, stunning work. Uh, <laughs> uh, I completely, completely agree. And I think it would be interesting to, to delve even deeper into that. And to, it would be great to be looking at the lens of that as a Shakespeare scholar as well, rather than <laughs> yeah. maybe our uh, That's sort another... of uh, revision aids to, uh, to Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, I think that needs to be somebody else's podcast Ab- other yeah. than ours. <laughs> well, thinking of the jealousy video, why don't we end this podcast and indeed the first six episodes by closing the doors as that epic coda echoes around us. That's a nice image, as long as we don't have to have the big um, fight at the same time. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, three months ago, I had this crazy idea uh, to do this podcast and an even crazier idea to contact someone online and to help me make it happen. And since that initial pub chat, it's been really great to have an excuse to go back through the band's body of work and to put together these podcasts. Yeah, it's been uh, a lot of fun, Graham. So, and uh, you know, I, we can't stress how much uh, recording these podcasts has been outside of our, our comfort zones. But I've uh, I've really enjoyed it. Clearly, it's uh, it's a favourite subject, and I'm I'm quite happy to uh, bang on about some Pet Shop Boys for for, uh, for however long I can. So, thank you for uh, looking me up. I appreciate it. Well, we really hope that everybody's enjoyed listening to it, and we would love you to comment on. However you find this, uh, find us on social media uh, and you know, just tell us whether or not you think we should continue and what subjects you might like us to discuss. I'd like to thank Portia and Phoebe for manning the desk so superbly over the last few weeks. Uh, I'd like to thank Paul for the help with the music uh, and uh, also call out Wayne Studder, whose internet site geowayne.com is a, a fantastic resource for pet ed information. And of course, a huge thank you to Neil and Chris and everyone that's been involved in getting Pet Shop Boys music into our ears for so many years now. And finally, a massive thank you all for listening. Goodbye, or should that be feed us in? Yes, thank you. Thank you.